0: This episode of Butcher's Creekway is brought to you by. Oh, you probably expected a Church of Kako sermon here. Well, I have an announcement to make about that. We're gonna save Church of Kako sermons for very special occasions. And maybe not very special, but special occasions. When something happens uh, to the New York Rangers or Mr. Kako himself, the Lord and Savior, praise be, uh, we will be doing some something then. But for right now, we're going to actually just go back to our regular scheduled programming and have some praise be talk throughout the podcast itself. Welcome to the Summer of Nonsense. The podcast is supported by our Patreon subscribers as always. If you want to go become a Patreon subscriber today, we've redone all of our bonuses. We have a lot more to offer now. Um, You can check it out at patreon.com. We go over all the new bonuses and all the new changes that have happened at the end of today's show. So if you're interested in any of that, just stick stick around. If not, we've got uh, our good friend Vince from USA Today, who is a new beat writer for the New York Rangers. He comes on to talk about the Rangers offseason. Greg and I dabble in some arbitration stuff and a pretty big show. We have also a, a Pale Dragon who writes for the Cannon, covers CBG, comes on and talks about sort of the devastation that's gone through Columbus this year. So, uh, as always, reach out to us, tell us you hate us or you love us, and uh, let's get to the show. Hey, Bushwick Bank fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakpoint. I am your host, as always, Ryan Mead, and I am here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello.
1: So, as many of you know, nope. I've moved recently. Is it, does we're everyone a, know still, that? We're still in upstate. Yeah, we're still in upstate. Right. <clears throat> well, I just, I got, yeah, I mean, I just, I ate dinner. So I'm thinking about dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm literally like five miles across the river from where I previously was, which means it was time to find a new Chinese restaurant. This is important in Greg's life the- because
0: this is like a big part of your diet.
1: I have a theory about Chinese restaurants. I'm ready. The best Chinese restaurants... Are always in the shittiest looking buildings, right? Yes, for the most part, yeah. The Chinese place I go to now, I shit you not, should be condemned. <laughs> it, it is even by my standards concerning. Does it have like the, uh, the grain only reason it I keep says, going? Like red the dumplings date. are incredible.
0: Okay, All
1: right, they're see. remarkable. The General Tso chicken not good. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I need a. I'm going to have to try beef lo mein or something. But the dumplings. Are massive. So I yeah, have. I'm, in, the, I'm I, in
0: on it. I'm just an ideas guy, right? Th- right? That's who I am. So sure. You and I haven't announced this yet, but we have. We're in the process of signing a very big sponsorship deal for Shirts Breakaway. Someone we've worked with before, not that website that you're thinking of. And uh, I was thinking maybe we could find another sponsor. Till then, next week, would you like to live call your Chinese food place and see if they want to
1: sponsor us? Oh no, chance. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, because... <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, the just kind older lady who always picks up the phone yeah pretty sure she knows about six English words so calling her and, and
0: being like would you want to sponsor a podcast about the Rangers would not go well is what you're saying it would
1: it would go it would go extremely poorly
0: hmm. I'd say okay well listen shooters shoot shoot to get hot shoot to stay hot uh, it's been a week since a dream come true can you believe it Gregory is it still feeling unreal to you that greg mckegg is a ranger
1: greg mckegg uh the number 1 keg in all the mckeggs <laughs> um, unbelievable it's it's funny because it i was thinking about this today it's literally been 1 week since the rangers signed artemi panarin mm-hmm. and greg mckegg of course yes feels a lot longer than a week dude has this been
0: so artemi panarin happened you and i got crazy excited for the season the Ranger fans themselves united and partied. Uh, hit Artemi Panarin recorded weird videos from his hotel room and was like, very excited for the season. Let's go, Rangers. I want to play now. Uh, and all things were looking great and exciting. And then the collective NHL, like, went to sleep. Like, nothing else happened. Everyone was like, yeah, it's 4th of July, man. We don't do anything. Meanwhile, in the NBA, everything's exploding and things are happening nonstop. And the NHL was like, yeah, you know, we're off now. We're not going to do anything. And I kind of forget well, how
1: quickly this, well, this comes about. I mean, to be to be fair, I think if it wasn't all that was happening in the NBA was Kawhi, and it was a big thing, and it was multi layered. But after July first, the NBA was very quiet too. We were just waiting on Leonard to see where he went.
0: I guess, but and, the, and the in, Lakers signed a lot of players, and the OKC's doing something. Yeah, really but they signed a there. lot
1: of nobodies. You really think people did people give a shit today that Avery Bradley signed a two fucking year deal? I mean, I knew, no. so
0: I guess I cared a little. You just.
1: This is one of those. This is one of those things where you're just you're an NBA stand, so you're you're always out here trying to come up with reasons why the NHL should be like the NBA. The NBA for the last week, the only thing that's mattered is quiet, and it's kind of similar to the NHL where everyone's just waiting for Mitch Marner to do something. The difference is NHL GMs suck ass, so Mitch Marner probably won't do anything. Yeah, and until the sign Maple Leafs give him the contract offer so. that he likes,
0: dude. I mean. Doesn't it come down to the Canadians actually helped the Carolina Hurricanes at this
1: point? Like, doesn't yes, it... but we went over this last week too. They helped. That, that was a terrible contract offer. There was no scenario where the Hurricanes were going to say no to that. They still got Sebastian Ajo on what is probably a below market level deal. Great job. But if the Canadians, if the Canadians had any stones, they'd offer sheet someone else. I hope they send
0: him a Christmas card and say, thank you. I'm sure they will. Uh, not a lot of Ranger news to go through this week. Kind of last week, we spoke about Chris Kreider and the will-they-won't-they they game that the Rangers excuse me, continue to play at this point. Where the market deal for Chris Kreider tends to be around 7 years, 7 million a year. And we're waiting for the hat to drop on that. It's it's not like there's been a lot of news. We don't know if Puchnevich is going to move. We don't know if he's going to end up signing a bridge deal. All that really happened this week was that Jacob Truba and, and Pavel Bushnevich went to arbitration. Something I've still been trying to figure out a little bit. But apparently, since they go to arbitration, you get a second buyout window, which is like between July 4th and August 3rd or something. Not July 4th, July 20th and August 3rd. And it, three days after that, you get a, a second chance to buy out players. Did I say that correctly?
1: Well, they didn't go to arbitration. They filed for Filed arbitration, for arbitration. No different than... Yeah, the Rangers haven't actually gone to arbitration with anyone since... I believe it was Nick Zherdev in like 2009.
0: A long time ago. Something
1: a very long time ago. Um, yeah, but just a player filing for arbitration triggers a second buyout window for the Rangers that'll come in August. And it might be important, might not be important. We don't know. There's a lot of things that happen between now and then. Uh, obviously, we've, we've, we're we going to continue to talk to talk about Kreider, but not just Kreider. The Nemestikovs the Ryan Stroms, the Kevin Shattenkirks. The Rangers obviously have to make moves because they have, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like $8 million right now. And they have to sign deals, bridge or not, with Brendan Lemieux, Pavel Buchnevich, Anthony D'Angelo, and the big extension with Jacob Trubo, which we think will eat up just about all that $8 million. So the, the Rangers got to do a lot, but a lot of teams have to do a lot. And a lot of teams are feeling more of a cap crunch than the Rangers are. So the Rangers are kind of, I think, buying their time and waiting for deals to come with them because what's the rush? What, the Rangers physically don't have to do anything until the beginning of August. So they don't have to do all their business in one day. No, That's we'll, the beauty of opening up cap space. We
0: will be waiting very patiently to see what happens and see if a deal comes that the Rangers like and enjoy. I've seen endless amounts of Chris Kreider trade opportunities online. I, If Jacob Trouba trade taught me anything, Greg, it's that... You don't really know. You have no idea what's out there. And NHL GMs might, they might blow you away and you might be underwhelmed. It's really a mystery box out there for players. And Chris Kreider's value kind of fluctuates almost by the day. I mean, I think you could get a lot for Kreider. And I also think there's a chance you get a little. Uh, And I don't think I'm insane for saying that. There's, There's value for both sides and Kreider can really go up and down the scale. I mean, you, you saw the Avalanche didn't want to give up 16th pick. That's probably a lot for Kreider, especially with one year left. But but is it at the same time? So, again, NHL value really fluctuates. I mean, Neil Pionk did get Jacob Truba. So we're going to have to just wait and see with Chris Kreider.
1: Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, the thing that will speak the general managers is money. And you look at a guy like Marcus Johansson, who's a perfectly fine winger, but he signed a two-year deal with a $4.5 million av- uh average salary. You're really going to tell me that one year of Chris Kreider at 4.6 is not worth something when a guy like Marcus Johansson is going for just about that on the free agent market. Would you really rather have Marcus Johansson or Chris Kreider? I I think the deals will come. The Rangers don't have to rush. What we know with the Rangers is, it's not going to drag into the season. It's going to be, the Rangers will make their decision before camp opens and If Chris Kreider is a Ranger when camp opens, I think they're going to work out a long-term deal. And that's it. I don't think the Rangers will let this bleed into the season. They've said so themselves. They basically put themselves in a situation where they have to decide what they want to do long-term. They they didn't give themselves much of a choice.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it, it is like a
1: situation where...
0: You're going to be playing the waiting game. And this is when summer nonsense comes for us, right? We have a lot of new listeners, and this is the period of time when we don't have a lot of news to go by. So we'll be having two guests today. Um, uh, Mr. Dragon, who's been on this show before, who refuses to uh, tell us his name after many times. He covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then Vince, God, his last name is so Italian. I'm going to wait to pronounce it when he gets on. Uh, he just started writing for USA Today covering the Rangers. He's a beat writer for them. So uh, we're going to have two guests today. That should be pretty fun to go over uh, how the Blue Jacket fans are feeling about losing their goalie and all-star player. That's a yikes. And also uh, someone who's going to be covering the team all this season. That's very exciting for both of us. I kind of wanted to take this time but before Vince comes on uh, to ask you some little bit little bit of weird questions that I know the answer to, but I just want to ask anyway. You ready?
1: What Weird questions.
0: Yeah, questions that like are, are a little... Uh, Ranger questions that have kind of been on the top of my mind. And I know right. I, I actually know the answers to some of your questions, but I'm gonna ask them anyway. Here we go. Is Mika Zabidaja the captain next year and does it matter?
1: Does it matter? No. Is he? No.
0: Okay. Is anybody the captain or are we sticking with Mark Stahl with double A? Just just kind of the A, but also a C a little bit.
1: I have a feeling the Rangers won't name a new captain until Mark Stahl retires.
0: That's probably an honorable thing.
1: Does it feels like a long time though? Because it's two more years. I don't know. I maybe they have a captain this year. I I just I don't I don't know yet. I don't think so. Does Greg McKegg make
0: opening day roster
2: mm. as a
0: fourth line fourth liner?
1: I'm gonna say. All right, well, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rangers down the middle will probably be Sabinajad, Hedl, Anderson, Howden.
0: There's something I want to talk about with Vince about this, so I'm going to tease that right now. He has, uh, in one of his articles, he has another player playing center, and I'm very curious about it.
1: What, is it Kraftsoff it's, probably? It's
0: Strom, so I'm curious as to why you said that.
1: No, he might. Well, he might. I mean, Strom played center last year. wouldn't be that big of a surprise.
0: I just I don't know, uh, it's just weird.
1: Wings, you have... The definites being here, Kako, Kravtsov, mm-hmm. Panarin, Bucnevich. Yep. That's the top two lines right there. Kreider, we don't know. I think McKegg will start the year with New York because think of the guys that the Rangers have question marks about. Kreider, Strom, Nemesnikov, Buñeves. I mean, like there are only five you can really pencil in with Jesper Fosby and the fifth after Kako, Kravtsov, Panarin, and Bucnevich. So you're, you're asking me, do I think that Greg McHagg could be one of the three other forwards that breaks camp with the Rangers? Yeah, I, I think that's a real possibility. He played 40 games with the Hurricanes last year. It'd be kind of surprising if he didn't break camp with the Rangers. Do you believe that
0: the Rangers will get another dog mascot now that Ranger has been adopted? No. Do you think it's a mistake that they're not getting another dog mascot now that Ranger has been adopted?
1: I think it's a mistake for everyone when they don't get a dog. That's why every day of my life is a mistake until I get a dog. <laughs> that was really sad.
0: Yeah, I just don't see why this isn't an every season thing. I just, It's just such good free publicity to have, like, Ranger 2.0. Like, this year, like, the 2019 Ranger dog that we're supporting – it just—it's free. Uh, it's a—it's a free marketing campaign for the Rangers and it provides something great for the community. So I don't understand why they're not doing it again. But maybe they will. Prove me wrong. Do you believe that the New York Rangers will improve their social media game in 2019?
1: No. <laughs> well, it's just, I, I like the the behind the scenes video access is great, but like, do I think the Rangers' social media team is going to grow a personality? Probably no. not. I, I don't think they're going to grow anything related to a personality. Is the, they're not going to become the Carolina Hurricanes overnight.
0: Is the Rangers social media like personality one of the bottom 5 or like are they the worst in the league? I feel like every Twitter team like has like a really great kind of spunky personality these days and we're still sort of buttoned up.
1: No, because uh do you do you think most teams in the NHL have spunky Twitter per- personalities? Are you nuts? I'm spoiled, I guess by
0: like Vegas, Carolina. I guess the wild do not have a Spunky personality. <laughs> yeah. When's the last
1: time the Edmonton Oilers did anything fun, period? When's when's the last time When's the last time Okay, the, you make uh, a good point. The Toronto Maple Leafs did anything fun, period. Yeah, I when's guess... the last time the Vancouver Canucks did anything fun? When's the last time period? the Vancouver Canucks did anything like, smart? The Sharks, the Knights and the Hurricanes are very much the exception, not the rule. You're right. I just I... I just have greater hopes for teams
0: these days in 2019. I feel like it's not that hard to hire a great social media person and it's very beneficial towards you, but maybe the Leafs couldn't do that because they would just get absolutely crapped on no matter what they said. And they would be like, are the Leafs focusing on the game and actually not marketing? And probably not. Um, I guess I'm out of sort of questions now. Would you like to do five stars before we get to Vince? Sure. Okay. As you guys know, listening to the show many of years, or if you're a new listener, we do a segment every week called five-star questions. If you want to leave a five-star question, you can go to iTunes today, type in New York Rangers or Blue Jackets Breakaway. We will come right up and you can type, leave a five-star review and a question for us and we will answer it on the show. One of the first questions I have this week, of five-star questions from K- uh, Q-W-E-R-B-J-K. Kako, welcome Bread Breadman. What was that?
1: Those are definitely letters. That's all I was going to say.
0: I wasn't going to try to pronounce it or Quirpachika. Yep. Nice. Uh, Kako welcomed the bread man, gave thanks, and showed Panarin to his teammates and said, take this, all of you, and learn from it. This is our superstar. My question is, why... (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) My question is, why do you think Ryan vigorously defends Trump off air? And why do you think he puts on a facade during the show? Are his right-wing beliefs bad for his brand? Um... (laughs)
1: Well, I I, just—we've been doing this podcast for almost four years now, and if people haven't learned that you're just a huge piece of shit by now, yeah, I don't think they're gonna—they're not gonna learn it overnight. Um, I will say though, like now that I—are we gonna? I uh, all right, hand up. Yep, uh, Greg. I don't know if you know this. Me, hi, I'm Greg. Yep, Uh, Jewish. Did not grow up going to church, so I don't know the proper term for this, but. uh, should we not be offering what – are, what are the communion wafers oh, I that call, are given I, out? So I went the to body, church. The body of I, Christ I, I, called them,
0: I called them Rice Krispies as a child. Didn't go to Catholic Church much more after that. Um, sure. But yes, but I believe it is the uh, the communion or, or the body of Christ, something like that.
1: All right. So are we not doing Panarin communion cookies?
0: I believe – I'm working on something because you
1: know I work in the baking industry for now.
0: What? uh. I do. You do. I
1: do actually. No, you don't. What yes. are you talking about? Yes. That's made up bullshit. No, it's right true. There.
0: Yeah, no, I sell software to the baking people. That's true. Oh,
1: okay, fine. But you sell software. But you I, working in the baking I, industry I, is like me working I, in the fucking. What I'm saying is, I work, I, I work in the I work in the like private sector because the, I work in news. I
0: I know people who make bread, so I know I I'm I'm trying to see if I can get a run done with something on it for our October third event we'll be discussing later
1: yeah but bro you also we know ray ray's one of the he's best not, people in our he's lives from the uk he's and not gonna
0: ship bread over he might have you <laughs> asked <laughs> i haven't. all right i'll ask gray if he wants to ship bread right from the uk um we'll figure that out but yes uh to to answer this question from uh from uh why do why do i not defend trump off air i mean like listen is he really that bad okay next question uh, a great place for Ranger hot takes from Big Dork One Thousand One. Breakaway is the second only to Blue Shirts weep, as a place to go to listen to weekly Ranger news from takes for everything Rangers. It's been a great offseason. I look forward to hearing them weekly from Ryan and Greg on all things Rangers, Knicks, Mets, and married women and blasphemous golden cow worshiping. Praise be, Kako Kako, our Lord and Savior. Praise be, praise be. And these dark times of the rebuild, which is a build now, by the way, according to Rick Carpinello. And he also says, "Crap, I gotta ask a question." What's your favorite Western conference team to root for and why?
1: He or she, by the way. Favorite Western conference team to root for and why? Yes. Um That's an interesting question.
0: It is for me too. My gut reaction was the Knights, because they're sort of new and fun. And that but like My, I don't I don't really have anything against them.
1: Uh I was gonna say Nashville just because it seems like a really fun place. To play a playoff game,
0: I would love to go to Nashville but and watch a game this year. Would love I'd, to.
1: I'd also be lying if I said I really spent a lot of time thinking about the Western Conference. Uh, I'd probably, I guess, gun to my head. I'd say Nashville.
0: I think. I think those are both fun and fun and fair cities to choose. What would be the worst one? What's the team we hate the most from the Western Conference? The Kings. You're right. Um, is it, yeah. Is it not?
1: Is it not the Kings? Definitely. I mean, the the Oilers. The Oilers just sound like a miserable experience. Yes. all the way through. Mm-hmm.
0: Kings uh next question big fan from Sean Tax all I want to do is say hi thanks Sean next question hey Sean five star question from Denny Wise 98 hey guys keep up the great work and praise be to our lord and savior praise me question I heard Greg mention a few times on the pod that one of the options of getting more cash space would be using a buyout to buy out Strom I disagree with this idea since I think he has value on the trade market rather than buying him out and still have a penalty against the cap can Greg or both of you elaborate on this
1: yeah, I I I feel like I've I've been very consistent where I I really think with Strom and I I think the time really has come and gone for a Strom buyout. I know the Rangers are getting a second buyout window, but I don't think he's the kind of guy that you use that second buyout window on. I feel like the second buyout window really is we have no other choices is what we have to do now. With Strom it simply it simply was just mathematics where the cap penalty was so small and the cap penalty would not have gone beyond this year that if the Rangers wanted to free up two and a half million dollars cap space easily without having long-term repercussions, Strom would have been the guy. Like if you buy out Brendan Smith, you're talking about a cap penalty for four plus years. Shattenkirk, same thing. Stahl, same thing. Strom was the one guy you could buy out without drastic repercussions over the next two plus years. Uh, do I think Strom... The real question is, do I think Strom has trade value? He does, but at the same time, I don't think people are really in the appetite to pay $3.1 million for a guy like Ryan Strom, who I think is pretty certain to live in your bottom six. Yes, he has uh, positional flexibility, as we're going to talk about with Vince, because he can play center or wing, but I – there's nobody in the NHL, I think, has a larger red flag, red flag, red flag, red, <laughs> red flag, red flag for like Unreal regression than Strom. Strom shot like 25% last year. He's not going to shoot 25% again. It's not going to happen. So I just last case scenario was a best case. last year was a best case scenario for Ryan Strom. The Rangers got it. This is the highest his stock is going to be. And if you can't flip him now, I just don't think you're ever going to be able to flip
0: him. Uh, Denny Wise also asks, or rather says, hot take, something more overrated than Bryce Harper
1: is The Office.
0: And I agree.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: I, the off, I mean, just so sick any of season of The Office without uh, Steve Carell is is difficult. I don't I'll take shit for this. And
0: I just don't care.
1: Yeah, it, it's fine. I don't, I just, I mean, people who don't care about The Office is me. I just don't give a shit about... Fucking always sunny, and I get tired when people are like, "Bro, it's, it's a really so good, fucking it's a really good show." Different. It's a really it good takes show. it to it takes comedy to a new level. It's like good for you, man. It's just stupid guys doing stupid things, and you feeling good about yourself. There's a bird in that it. show too. Congratulations! Um,
0: I love Always Sunny, and I I think The Office is just like I get why you watch it. I know it's like easily digestible TV. I just I can't stand seeing social media posts that's just The Office by everyone I know all the time.
1: Um, I, w- I will say I I I, I still. People who don't put parks and recs before the office confuses me. I'm sure
0: we're going to take so much heat for that. No one will talk about our ranger takes at all, but we're just going to take heat for what we just said. Um, Probably. Last five-star question before we get to Vince. This is by Blah Ads. Have you guys officially retired? The hot dog sandwich question. I would love to know what our Lord and Savior thinks about it so we can finally get the one true answer. Praise be. Uh, Have you seen hot dogs in Europe? They're a much different thing. Like, they are a totally different experience over there. But I, I don't know what Kako says. One of the reasons we haven't really answered or asked that question is because we kind of felt like it got old. Um, where I wanted to get a new question and nothing really stuck. If people want to tweet at us and ask, you know, say what, what our new question should be and give us some suggestions, we're gladly open to suggestions. But in this case, I, I haven't found a new question I like as much as it's a hot dog, a sandwich. And that's something that me and Greg Viet Vietmanly disagree on. It. That's important also. So we haven't gotten there yet, and I think if we ever do get there again, we will uh readapt a new question. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I don't think we can go around asking people the question. No. Doesn't feel like Nope. Doesn't feel like something we can just throw around with. Can't ask
0: the question. Inch or not. All right, let's go to our guest, our first guest, Vince from USA Today, and I will pr- attempt to pronounce his last name when we get him on. That should be fun.
1: Do you really, do you really think it's something – do you really think his last name is not – I'm excited to pronounce it now and have it not be – you really think it's not Mercogliano? I, I had Mercogliano. <laughs> you just can't pronounce fucking words. <laughs> I, we'll find out, but I'm excited for it just to be Mercogliano. You it's probably
0: Mercogliano, him. but I had Mercogliano. So, I don't know. We'll see. I want it to be, you know, I want it to be a nice guy. But uh, let's, go, let's go to Vince right now. Then we'll come back after that with uh, Pale Dragon. We'll come back with some announcements for our Patreon subscribers and uh, some other nonsense before we leave for the day. Here we go. Transition. We're back with our first guest of the day. He is a beat writer for the New York Rangers. He writes for USA Today. His name is Vincent Z. Mercogliano. I think I said that correctly. Vince, say hello.
3: Yeah. Hey, how's it going,
0: guys? You nailed that one. Did I took some practice beforehand? I really messed it up b- before, but I'm really glad to have you on the Bushes Breakaway. We've kind of, you've been tagging us a lot to to promo your articles, and I appreciate that.
3: What's it like having such yeah, great well, supporters like us? It, it's it's been it's been a huge help so far. I've been getting to know all the different bloggers and podcasters, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a network of really passionate people out there when it comes to the Rangers. So I'm kind of feeling out the waters right now and and trying to see you know. Who, who's going to like me, who's going to hate me, hopefully a little bit of both. Well, I'm,
1: I'm well, very happy to have you least, on. We're just, we're just happy. <laughs> Vince, we're just happy to be your first. That's all we really wanted to be.
3: Just wanted to be your first, man. Yeah, a, a, couple, a couple people have asked, but I mean, I've done a few little radio things, but this is the first podcast, so I'm excited for uh, the chance to chat with you guys a little bit.
0: Wow, reached out to the millennials. I really appreciate it. Uh, so my next, <laughs> my next question is a really important one to me. It's something I think about constantly when I think about you. Who made your banner yeah. on Twitter? Because it's your face... Two times, and then you have your own face in your profile picture. And it's really just like a close up of your very beautiful face, like multiple times. It's almost like an artistic piece that seems like satire, but isn't at the same time. So, what what was well, your idea also, from there's that?
3: There's also Madison Square Garden in there. I,
0: I see that, and and the city behind you. Yeah. It's it's a really like it's a mural to you, and I, I need to get one for myself. So, what was the idea behind that?
3: You want me to talk to the marketing people for you?
0: Please. Could I have could I talk to your marketing people to have one made up of me? Because it's really yeah. – if you haven't looked at it, I will retweet it tomorrow,
3: just the picture. It's phenomenal. I'd like to take credit for it, but I just went where they told me to go. And then <laughs> one day I was in the office and they were like, hey, look at this. So it was, I thought it was pretty cool too, but it's uh, uh, yeah, I really had very little to do with it.
0: It's unintentionally the best thing I've ever seen. All right, uh, my last question regarding that's totally non-Rangers related is, how did you kind of get into the, the beat writer position for the Rangers? Because it's sort of hard to get a media pass, not that I've tried or anything.
3: <laughs> uh, it's been a little bit of a winding road. Um, I have written about pretty much any sport you can name in the last 10 years. Uh, I was with the Journal News, Loha.com, for over nine years. Most of that was spent reporting on, like, local high school sports. That's kind of how I got into this in the first place. Uh, I did do quite a bit of baseball. I was, you know, involved with our Yankees coverage for about five years or so. Um, and the last two years I had been working as our, I guess you could call it sports editor, but it was kind of a quasi-hybrid role where I was managing the staff, but I was also writing and picking my spots and working on big projects, um, and I'd always been interested if the right opportunity came around to write about certain teams. The Rangers were the hockey team that I followed most closely my whole life. Um, and when they came to me and, and asked me if I'd be interested, it, it was one of those things where I felt like if I didn't take a crack at it, I would always wonder what if. You know, I, I always wanted to try my hand at having my own pro beat to, to take ownership of and, and really run with it and do the full-time travel with the team and all that. And uh, this felt like the perfect timing for the Rangers. Uh, for the obvious reasons that you guys know, because there's a lot of exciting stuff happening with the team right Very now, cool. but I also liked it because I was able to get, you know, start the job in time to get out to the draft, you know, be around for the off season and all the free agency and really get acclimated. So I'm ready to rock and roll. Once the season starts,
0: you've said you were sort of writing about teams for 10 years. Uh, can I guess how old you are?
3: You can guess. Yeah. Let's hear I it.
0: think you're like 32. Well, you, you nailed it. I mean, yes, my birthday is on the page. Though,
1: so oh, is it? Shit. You might have looked on that. I actually didn't see that. It is, right,
0: it is <laughs> literally right in front
1: of me. Vince, <laughs> like, I got to tell you, if you think the guy that can't pronounce your last name was smart enough to look yeah. to see if your birthday You're was on your Twitter page, you got another thing
3: coming. Yeah. It's also on my Facebook page. So I don't know. You, you could have found it anywhere, but I'll, I'll take your word that you guessed. Okay,
0: great. All right. Wonderful. Uh, well, I'm done with asking questions about you. Greg, would you like to start with actual questions?
1: I, I think it's time we get into actual questions. I'll yeah, let's do it.
0: I'll start if you don't mind. Uh, I was reading your new article of projections for the lines for the New York Rangers this year. I noticed that you had Ryan Strom as a second-line center. Uh, where did you sort of get that information from? Is David Quinn talked about that at all,
3: or is that just a projection from you? I, you got to look at this as sort of a starting point. Like, I think going into training camp, that might be what the depth chart looks like because he's more established. He's a more veteran guy. I'm, I'm sure you're going to talk about Heedle and some of the younger guys that could eventually rise to that second center role. I mean, the reality for them right now is I don't think they have a great option for the second line. They don't have a a really high quality established guy there. So I think sort of by default, Strom would be the guy that they would have second on the depth depth chart to start the season. And then, you know, whoever performs well behind him, one of the young guys, you know, uh, whether it's uh, Howden or or Hedl or Anderson, I think one of those guys could definitely rise up, but I think, it's sort of a starting point to look at him as a second center.
1: So you slotting him in there just by you talking, you sound pretty confident that Ryan Strom will even be a
3: New York Ranger come training camp. No, 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 definitely not. I mean, the, the, I think it's, I think it's really up in the air what the final roster is going to look like still to this point. Uh, I'm just using what they have right now. I think I did these projections a few weeks ago, right after the draft. And I put the disclaimer there that said, I'm going to do this a few times in the off season, you know, after each phase based on what they have on the current roster, but I'm going to continuously update it because I think the roster is going to evolve between now and September. Uh, So I I don't think that, I think that there's a good chance that at least one of the forwards that I have on there right now won't be on the team come September, but it's, it's, it's really difficult to predict exactly who might go. Chris Kreider.
1: Yeah. Uh Uh Yeah. it's it's what it's literally what we're going to be spending weeks on the podcast talking about. So why why don't we just get into the nitty gritty? If you had to choose one Ranger forward, you think is the highest odds to be traded before training camp? Who you got?
3: It's a tough one. I think Kreider definitely has the most trade value. So if you're looking to maximize what you're going to get back, it's him. Uh, I I honestly think that their preference is to get rid of defensemen. I think if they could find a trade partner to take somebody like Shattenkirk, that would be their preference because the defense is definitely not a strength of the team right now. But I think they have a lot of young guys that they would like to play uh, on the blue line. Whereas with the forwards, I mean, if you look at the projections I put out today, I think right now it balances out pretty nicely as is. I, I think ultimately they might end up buying out a defensive player and trading a forward. And if they're looking to maximize the value, it's probably Kreider. But I also think, and the feedback I've been getting from a lot of Rangers fans is that they would love to see Kreider as that second line left winger right now. And, and I think it will be a good spot for them if they can keep him. Uh, the, the question is, would you get enough back to want to trade somebody else or do you want to you know, is there a team out there that really values Kreider and will give you a big package for him? Yeah,
1: I'd say I, I'm I'm with you on the train of thought. It feels like in a perfect world, the Rangers would find a way to move both Shattenkirk and Brendan Smith. And I, I think they'd be just absolutely smitten if they were able to remove those contracts. It sure feels like Smith is more buyout potential than Shattenkirk. At least just logically speaking, I I still don't understand – with with all the trades we've seen of just underwhelming defensemen, I'm looking at you, Zaitsev and CC. I just I refuse to believe that a team wouldn't want to trade for 50% of Kevin Shattenkirk's contract over the next two years. At the same time, Kreider, like you said, gets the most value. I still think Vlad Domestikov, low key, gets you a very decent return. And I I I don't I personally don't think Strom's gonna get you much just because. I don't. I think a lot of people are just not in love with what he's done and what he has the still the potential to do. But I understand what you're trying to say in terms of 100% the Rangers would love to move Smith and Shattenkirk first. It just – all the Rangers seem to be focused on right now is it, – it feels like they have a number they have to clear, and we're all just waiting to see how they clear that number.
3: Yeah, well, and they've got a little bit of time to explore the different possibilities because – the, the buyout window that they'll get after arbitration will fall sometime in late July, early August. So I think between now and then, they're trying to feel out all the different trade possibilities and, and come up with the best case scenario. But again, if, if you were drawing up ideally what you'd like to see, getting rid of Shattenkirk and Smith would probably be the preference and keeping the forwards. And then hopefully you know, in, that would clear enough money for them to the, – the big thing they need to do beyond signing restricted free agents like Butchnevich, is extending Truba. I mean, that's really the bulk of the money that they need to free up right now. And they got to find one way, probably even two moves to make the, all of that stuff happen.
0: Yeah, we're just going to be in a period of, of of sort of a pattern of holding as Ranger fans over the next couple of yeah. weeks. I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, to transition a little bit to back to the prospect development camp. I know Vitali Kravstov really stood out. Um, I know Kako was up and down, to say the least, from what I saw was there a player other than those big the big two forwards there that really stood out to you in development
3: camp? i I think what I what stood out to me looking at all the young defensemen is that they have a lot of young defensemen that have good offensive skill sets uh, this There's a big caveat here. David Quinn, when we spoke to him last week, made it very clear that you can't take too much away from development camp. He called it summer league hockey. you know it's not very physical. there's not a lot of defense played. You know, some of the highlight type plays that, that ended up making their way all over the internet were like three on three scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's not like it, it's hard to come away with a huge judgment and say definitively that this guy is going to be better than this guy. I thought that Kratzoff was definitely the, the best player on the ice, but he had an advantage over Kako. Kako's been dealing with all this draft stuff for all the last, you know, however many weeks. He said he hadn't played since the world. So he hadn't even been on the ice for about a month when he stepped onto the Stanford ice at uh, development camp last week. Whereas crossoff has been in the States for like two months. You know, he was out in Colorado training with other NHL players. So he was kind of gearing up to put out a good performance at that camp. Uh, whereas, you know, Kako stepped he, I was on the same plane with him coming back from Vancouver. Uh, they could not have gotten much sleep or adjusted very well to the time difference. than they're on the ice the next morning. Um mm-hmm. But I do think that you can see that, especially with the guys they drafted this year, like Robertson, uh, Skinner, these guys bring some skill offensively. I'm not sure, you know, how polished they are actually playing defense at this point, but, you know, guys like Adam Fox and K. Andre Miller, I mean, and, and uh, Lundquist, all these guys, they really stood out in terms of being able to move up and contribute offensively moving the puck. Uh, A lot of these guys can shoot uh, I definitely thought that you could see that they're moving in the direction with the young defenseman to have guys that can, you know, contribute on the power play and contribute offensively. Is there,
0: well, Keandre Miller is, has grown like three inches somehow. He's like 6'5 and a giant.
3: He's huge, yeah. Um, he's, yeah, he's huge.
0: Would you say he Even has he's huge. the highest potential of, of anyone
3: on the defensive side? I think he's the guy they're most excited about right now. I mean, obviously the guy from development camp that they're expecting to contribute right away is Fox. Um, but Miller, I mean, with his size and his skating ability and, and his ability, I mean, he, he called him, he said he liked to think of himself as a, as a fourth forward. Um, and, you know, he had a phenomenal freshman season at Wisconsin. So I think the sky is the limit for him just because of the sheer physicality and size that he brings. Um, so, yeah, he, I think defensively from the prospects that we saw at camp, he's probably got the highest ceiling, but you know, you, you got to consider Adam Fox right there as well.
0: I just have him pegged as future captain. Like, automatically, his attitude just reads captain to me. So I've just tried to call my shot now super early so I can
3: brag that I was right many years before. He's really well-spoken. He was very... I mean, I spoke to him twice. Uh, during the week and he 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 really seems to have a good head on his shoulders and and one thing that I think you know people don't talk about a lot but I find it to to show a bit about the character of the guy is that he talked a lot about how much it means to him to go back to Wisconsin how much he loves playing with those guys how much it's important for him to be a part of that team and how much he wants to you know be on winning teams there so I think just seeing that the guy loves hockey, he loves, you know, the camaraderie with his teammates that it's important for him to go back to school and kind of finish what he started, or at least, you know, put another year into it. Uh, I think that that shows that he's a guy that's very committed. Um, and, and he was, you know, again, said all the right things during the interview. So he, he's definitely a guy who I think uh, from a character standpoint stood out.
1: I wonder how much of Keandre saying, because I know he picked up the injury towards the end of his freshman year. I wonder how much of that is playing into him wanting to go back to Wisconsin just to almost, I'd, like you said, just finish everything he started.
3: Yeah, I actually, I, I very pointedly asked him, "Do you have a time frame for when you think you will be NHL ready?" And he was like, "Ah, oh, you know, I don't want to put a time on it. When 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 it's the right time, I think I'll know." Um, I, mean, I kind of got the sense that he was saying he doesn't think he's ready to to step in and play at a really high level or the level that he'd like to play quite yet. He wants to polish off his game a little bit more. So, I mean, it could be as simple as that.
1: Honestly, him going back to Wisconsin right now is a. It, it helps the Rangers more than anything. They have. They almost have too many young guys where they need to get all of them significant playing time. So it's it's. I I've, I've always I've said this a couple times on the pod. It one of the underrated storylines of this entire offseason going into training camp is how are the Rangers going to find time for all these kids in Hartford. It's not like yeah. you can't play. You can't play Rykov, Lindgren, uh, Day, Crawley, Radish. Um, th- all they can't play equal minutes. So one of the and it, it, this is something we can ask you because you're around the team obviously a lot more than we are. It it feels like only like a the big bit. domino that needs to fall is what we've talked about, which is the Rangers freeing up salary cap space. The second big domino is we're still waiting on Hartford staff. And I, I that's something Davidson has said he wants to be a big focus of in his administration. Do you have any read on the Rangers figuring out Hartford? Are they any closer to it?
3: Yeah, well, I think Davidson's made it very clear that that's a priority for them now. In terms of who's going to, you know, what the coaching staff is going to look like, I don't really have any insights into that at this point. But I think that you've seen... That that they're going to have a lot of depth there. I mean, even even you know like McKeag and, and O'Regan, these guys that they just signed, those guys are likely to play there. Um, and those aren't necessarily young players. You know, when it comes to when it comes to the minors, I think uh, twenty five and twenty seven. Uh, so I think those are more just like high character guys that will provide depth if needed. You know, via injury or whatever on the big club, but that I think that they think those are winning, good character players that can make an impact at Hartford. Um. And, again, when you talk about the, the logjam of defensemen, that goes back to I think that they would really benefit much more so than trading a forward by getting rid of the older defensemen because ultimately the way that you guys are going to get those young guys that you like their potential ready is by giving them you know NHL ice time. And uh, th- that, I think, is going to be something that's really interesting to watch because if somebody like Stoll or Smith is underperforming, are you still going to be throwing them out there or are you going to give the young guys a bigger chance and based on the history that we've seen with David Quinn, I think Quinn won't be that shy about, you know, putting a veteran guy on the bench and giving a younger guy some playing time.
1: Unless that guy's name is Mark Stahl. He will never take yeah. I, it. What, what, whichever. what yeah, might isn't... be your captain. This Vince, I know you're new here. so uh... <laughs> Well, it's, but it's, it's something Vince that we've talked about on the pod and I'm sure you've experienced as well. I really Mark Stahl feels like an exception to the, if a veteran is underperforming, the Rangers will bench him rule because I, it really does feel like the coaching staff looks at Mark Stahl as their coach on the ice. Like, they see him less as a defenseman. I think he's probably going to be their
3: captain this year.
1: I I just don't think they're going to put the C on him. I just think they're going to do the other – they're not going to name a captain and just give him, like, the elevated A.
3: Yeah, it's possible. That's kind of where we're at with that. Yeah, Quinn
1: never hesitated to bench the Shattenkirks, the Mestikovs at the beginning of the year, even Pionk at the beginning of the year. Obviously, D'Angelo, Buchnevich, Hedl. he hes really not afraid to use the press box to his um, advantage. It just Mark Stahl is the exception, and it, it really—the only way I can describe it is—he's got to be viewed as like the coach on the ice. It's the only thing I can
3: come to terms with. Yeah. Well, guys, I might. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me just. Let me just check something here. Oh, are we breaking news? People are. Pe- People are tweeting. The Rangers have not sent anything yet, so I don't want to say anything official, but I'm getting some Twitter activity. Oh, um, live on Bush with Breakaway yeah. with Vince from USA I don't Today. Want to say- I don't want to say anything until I confirm anything because this is just somebody tweeting at me.
0: Well, so everyone else out, <laughs> out there listening right now, thanks to listening to the podcast, there's something that has happened.
3: <laughs> is it, uh,
0: I'll say it for you, is it the uh, the possible trade?
3: That is again. This is just a tentative. Twitter person tweeting tentative
0: thing. Twitter person trading.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think it's just a, a Twitter guy speculating. See, this is these are. This is kind of what you have to sort through. I, I, my mentions have been crazy every day, which I love because it's just I, I, you know, I love the the kind of the banter and the projections and the you're wrong about this or you know I, I think that the deb- debating about sports is what makes it fun, but you got to be careful when you get these mentions and you're not sure what the sourcing is.
0: Sometimes, I, I had one good source this whole year. It's, I, I called it out, and that was it. I had the VC news early. That's all I'll say. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick about, I guess, the, the most exciting thing that's happened so far, Artemi Panarin. Um, how informed were you that, were the Rangers, when did they know they had
3: him? Like what, what, at what point <laughs> that day were they like, yeah, we got him? I, I fully believe that Jeff Gordon w- when he said uh on a conference call that night that they did not know until shortly after noon. Um the rumor I mean, the rumors were all over the place. I'm not gonna lie to you like I had any inside information on that. I knew that they had a real shot. I knew that they wanted him. I had asked a couple of people in the organization, you know, about what was going on with him earlier in the day. And and you know, they they were pretty cryptic about it. And I think it's because they didn't know. What they were very clear about was if we go after him, it's because that we think that he fits in with this rebuild and he's a big part of our future. Not it's not just a win now move. They did not like the narrative that, you know, going after him was a win now move. And you can understand he's 27, he's young enough to where, you know, he'll be in his prime for a significant amount of time that when the guys like Kako and Kratsov are entering their prime that that he'll still be a high performing player. Um, I knew they wanted him. I knew that they were not they were not in a position to go crazy and get into the like $13 million a year, uh, you know, uh, type of salary range. Um, but I really think that that they were they were hoping that he was Lord to come to the Rangers because he really wanted to be a Ranger. But I think that they knew that they weren't going to be the team that was offering him the biggest contract. Obviously, the Blue Jackets offered him the biggest contract from the reporting that we've seen because they had that eight-year, $96 million deal. But I, I wrote early in the week, I think they have a real shot but I don't, you know, I, I, they're, all the national reporters are saying that the front runners are the Panthers or the Islanders. Um, so I didn't really know, obviously, until it was announced officially. And then I will say that over the course of the morning, though, you kind of felt the tide turning. You felt like there was a real possibility. And the only other hint, which seems like something you did not want to look too deep into, but the fact that he was all over Instagram the weekend before, like clearly spending the weekend in New York, made you think, like, hmm, is he trying to see what it feels like to, to party in New York for a weekend? Um, so that was like, that was you know, those couple hints were like the only little things that made me think that it was uh, becoming a stronger possibility, but I, I really don't think that even the Rangers themselves knew until they got the call shortly after noon uh, on that Monday saying that, that he was going to take their offer.
0: Reportedly, his wife had a big part to play in his final decision. Did you hear any of that?
3: No, okay. no. Uh, but I, I, I definitely got the impression, especially just from the limited conversation that he had with reporters when I was at MSG last week, that, that he loves the feeling of being in New York and JD stressed that as well, that, you know, Panarin always made it clear to him that, that he liked the idea of the big city, you know, Davidson talked about Panarin would ask him when they were in Columbus about what was it like playing, playing in MSG all the time. He brought up Mark Messier. Um, So I think he was, somewhat familiar with the aura and the history of the rangers and i think that i mean this is pure speculation but i think that him spending time in new york in the days leading up to free agency might have been kind of cementing in his head that this is a place i want to live this is a place that would be really cool to be a star in uh yeah, and I was, he, was... he, he seems to have that desire to like want to play on the big stage want to try, try to shine his brightest and and he feels like or he he, he has a good sense that he can become a bigger star and have a bigger impact here in new york than he would in columbus or even long island or even sunrise florida yeah i (laughs) love. i love just
1: sunrise florida i love just dragging my feelings about sunrise florida up anytime anyone's like oh you'd be able to do anything in panthers yeah no 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 no. nobody does shit in sunrise florida but retire that's how you do it so i just anytime a panther fan would slide in my mentions i they Apparently, they have a really nice mall, from what I understand. But it wasn't enough to get Panarin. So, what are you going to do? I have
3: never been there, but I will let you guys know after I make my first trip this season. Wonderful. Oh, I,
1: I've, I've been there. Uh, not looking to go back anytime soon. I'm good.
3: <laughs> so, do we cover yeah, everything By the today? way, it looks like this Somestikoff stuff is not... Uh,
0: not, not, not real. Uh, yeah, I also looked into ca- it. Carry on. Carry on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Twi- Twitter matches and fake NHL accounts win again. Um, either this guy that, either this guy, either that, or this guy that follows me that has like eight followers, has some crazy inside sources.
0: I love when the guys like that have like eight followers that tweet, six things are right. Like randomly. And they're like, see, I got it. Like, yeah, you guessed like the logical conclusion that the rest of us guessed also. Thanks. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to cover with Vince today, Greg?
1: Well, I guess Vince, uh, now would be the best time as ever to give your hottest rest of the off season take. What do you think? what's the one thing none of us are talking about that you think has a real possibility of happening
3: uh, you guys are talking about everything that's a hard that's a hard question <laughs> I've seen I've seen people speculating about all kinds of crazy stuff I will say that I think that the people that want Lunquist gone uh, are are not going to get what they want yeah uh, I think those people don't deserve to get what they team team want team. so we're good <laughs> yeah yeah I, mean, I I think that the, the, the organization the, the ideal situation for for the team is that he plays well and is able to go out gracefully. They're able to get a good feel for Georgiev and Shesterkin and decide which one of them is their future, and then they can work to trade the other one. I mean, that that's obviously what the, what the organization wants. You know, it, it's kind of like when when the Yankees had Derek Jeter and he was aging out. You know, you, you're not going to kick a guy like that out the door. Um, obviously, Jeter had a lot of rings. Uh, Lundqvist doesn't have that, but I, I think that if it comes down to it, if he isn't playing well, then they'll cross that bridge when they get to it. But they're going to give him every opportunity to be the starter and, and move ahead this season as far as you know everything that I can tell. But, I, you know, it's I think what's most likely is they're going to end up buying out Smith and they're going to end up trading one of the forwards. I think it's really hard to predict which forward it's going to be at this point. Uh, you know, a lot of people are speculating about Kreider – Uh, But again, I think that his upside makes him enticing, and I also think that there's something to be said for you know this is the final year of his contract. They got a few forwards where it's the final year of their contract, and like you know that there that does create some urgency to trade them and get some value for them, get some value for them while you can. But at the same time, they might be very motivated to go out there and have a great year. Um, and and then you can kind of see you know who plays well and determine if you want to extend. Whoever it might be, whether it's Kreider or somebody else, uh, and and kind of take it from there. So, the 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 forward trade thing, I think, is the most difficult to predict which guy it's going to be right now.
0: The Georgiev and Igor storyline will be one of the most intriguing of the entire season. I'm really curious to see how that plays out, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I kind of wanted to uh, invite a cup, well, extend a competition to you. Right now, we have an official beat writer of the Blueshirts Breakaway. His name's Rick Carpinello. We kind of confronted him and stalked him. And then asked him if he hated us, and then we became best friends. Now, listen, you have big footsteps to fill, but I think you could do it. I think you could become the official beat writer of the podcast, but there's a lot going on. I, we're off to a good start here.
3: I love Carpe. I worked with Carpe for years. I, I don't know if I could ever take Carpe's place for anything. Oh,
2: God. Um, I'm trying to start I'd be Radio to, Wars, I'd be Vince. i happy
3: to sorry <laughs> i'm
0: trying to start a radio war vince relax it's media. you is want me to go after brooks or somebody
3: else <laughs> <laughs> well
0: brooks doesn't exactly love us either so but rick rick is our guy we love him dearly um so uh, Yo, but, i, I but,
3: worked with carp for years so carp carp's a great guy you're not going to hear me say a bad word about him all, would, all the guys vince, have been great so far and very welcoming i'll say that vince so.
1: i just i just need to know how much the church of Caco comes up among the beat writers do you, want,
3: do you want the honest answer? Zero. I I, Zero. I'm going to be
1: disappointed either way, so you <laughs> might as well just give me the honest
3: answer. I haven't heard them talk about it, but I have seen you plenty active on Twitter, and that's how I found out. I, uh,
0: I, I I, messaged a little insider. I messaged Rick, like, personally, because I kept tagging him, like, when are you going to write about it? And he was always like, kind of like, no, no way, right? I'm not writing about your website. And I was like, hey, man, and just, I slid into his DMs. So I was like, hey, man, I just want to let you know, like, if I'm annoying you, like, you're, I, I, I love you dearly. You're my... My beat writer father, please tell me if I'm annoying you. He's like, honestly, Ryan, I don't even get it. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so, yeah, me and Rick are good. There you go. Um, but I appreciate yeah, you taking the time today. The why, why
3: don't you plug your all, all your stuff and what you're doing these days? Oh, man, there's a lot. So, you said USA Today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that comes with all the properties that USA Today owns. The, the, the main places to find me would be loha.com, L-O-H-U-D.com. L-O-H-U-D.com uh, and North com, And if you want to go directly, you just do one of those sites slash sports slash Rangers. And that'll take you directly to my landing page, or you can find me on Twitter at VZ Mercogliano. I don't, I won't spell it all. Hopefully you guys can figure We retweet.
0: We've retweeted Vince, both of us, me and Greg, like 10 times this week. So you can find Vince very easily through us.
3: Yeah, so so check check the blue shirts breakaway page, and, and you'll hopefully find me on there, and then you can click on the links directly through my Twitter page, and that'll take you to all the stuff that I've written, you know, in the last few weeks. All right, Vince, if anything big
0: comes up, we're gonna we're gonna hit you up, and then we'll uh, enjoy the rest of your summer so far.
3: Yeah, guys, you too. Uh, anytime. time, uh, happy to come on, and uh, thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Talk to you soon. Bye, bye. All right, guys, take care. Transition. We have Pale Dragon
0: from the Canon. He writes about. The Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that might have gone through some things the last couple of weeks. Maybe uh, one of their players plays for the Rangers. Maybe one plays for and Now they're going through some turmoil. They might have lost their president. He's been on the podcast before, so we called him up and said, Hey, Mr. Dragon, will you come on and talk to us about some of the turmoil that's going on at Columbus? Pell Dragon, say hello.
2: Hi. I, I, I'm happy to talk to you guys again. I'm not so happy to be talking about what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, we're going to cut hit the, the three big topics uh, in a row here. I kind of get what the pulse of what's going on at Columbus and how the team is going to compete this year in sort of a very restacked stacked metro or a re metro. I don't know how you want to call it. But let's start with the obvious, Artemi Panarin signing with the New York Rangers after the Columbus Blue Jackets offered him what I believe to be a ridiculous eight-year, a lot-of-money contract. What has been the takeaway uh, in Columbus? And has everyone sort of expected this the whole year? Is, is people sad? What, what's going on?
2: Yeah, I think uh, him leaving was not a surprise. I, Some of us had held out some hope that maybe there was a chance he could stay. And I was certainly excited. Yeah, last Sunday when there was the rumors like, oh, my gosh, they're they're making one last big offer, you know, sort of a godfather offer to get him to stay. I thought, oh, maybe there's a chance. But I, I had sort of braced myself that, that he was on his way out. So that wasn't a surprise. The fact that he stayed in division, though, is uh, – was not great i much would have preferred that he go to florida instead but oh well (laughs)
1: yeah have you been to florida recently though that's really what it comes (laughs) down to
2: (laughs) well that's you know the the apparently the, the story behind it though is that he was wanting to either be on the beach or in some major city that that his uh his girlfriend it's either his wife or his girlfriend i'm not exactly clear in the relationship status i've heard it both ways but either way um she did, maybe did not like Columbus as much as he did. Uh, and apparently, he he did he did enjoy his time here just fine. Um, he liked that people sort of left him alone, and he could you know live downtown and walk his dog along the river, and you know he was fine with all that. But but she wanted someplace different, and you know I I can't fault them for that. Uh, he, he plays
0: hockey in New York, so people will also be leaving him alone. Like no one will have <laughs> any idea who he is if he has a hat and sunglasses on. so uh uh,
1: i I guess what it comes down to pale dragon the big overarching question i have for you was it all worth it
2: (laughs) yeah and and if you ask uh, a few different cbj fans you might get different answers to that Uh, i believe that yes absolutely it was worth it um i mean when we acquired him the the price wasn't too high we you know swapped out brandon sod for him and he was a much, much better player for us than Brandon Saad was. And Brandon Saad was a good player for us, but Panarin was a was a game changer. Um, and I think Jarmo Kekalainen knew what he was getting into in getting a guy that was signed for only two more years as opposed to four more years. But he thought that the rest of the team was good enough that we needed that piece. And I think he was right. And then, obviously, there was a lot of talk this entire season of, you know, will Panarin stay here through the season or will the Jackets try to trade him and get something for him. Um, And one of our commenters was saying recently that he still thinks even the way things played out that we still should have traded Panarin at some point during the season. Um, I think though, Kekalinen's move to sort of go all in and keep Panarin and keep Pabrowski, even knowing that they would leave, but then go ahead and bringing in Matthew Shane as well, who's also a pending free agent. Uh, I like the move. I like that it showed that he was being aggressive, that he had a good team here. Let's not just kick the can down the road and pick up some draft picks and, oh, we'll be good in two years. Like, no, the time was now. Let's go for it. And, you know, it. It I think it did pay off. Uh, we got the the first series win in franchise history, which may not sound like a lot to you guys, fans of an original six team. But Dude, we us, won, like, I mean... one
0: cup. Relax. Like,
2: we, we, it's not like we've
0: done a lot since 94, okay? We've got us some, we some cups and, and got to a conference final. It have been very sad and miserable and lost to Puck Luck and the Kings. Fuck that. Sorry, I got angry.
2: Okay, Go <laughs> keep, right. keep, keep, keep going. So, it's, uh, it was worth it, I think, to, to get that monkey off our back and obviously to, to sweep Tampa, of all teams, this, like, lauded Tampa Bay Lightning team that people thought was unbeatable, and we just... We blew him off the ice, and that was just so much fun. I can't even say how much fun that was. So uh, it was a good postseason series, I think, for the players that remain. It's great experience to have have gone on that run. Um, so we have to sort of reload a bit, but um, yeah, I don't I don't fault Yarmo for the moves that he made.
1: So you're good. You're good with keeping. You're not just. You're not just good with keeping Panarin and Bobrovsky. You're good with the pushing all the chips all in. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, honestly, and it, it's hard for me to say this because as a uh, as a New York Mets fan, I probably will never know what success <laughs> truly is. Um, I, I like it. It's different, right? I think right. it's one thing that kind of, I don't want to get lost in the shuffle and I'm hoping it doesn't because we literally just saw the Toronto Raptors live out the perfect, all-in-trade-chip trade, trade, right? Right. They had no idea if Kawhi was going to stay beyond the one year. They knew that if they had a healthy Kawhi Leonard, they'd be one of the best teams in the NBA. And they knew that that was the kind of guy they would need to not just contend for a championship, but possibly bring one home, and it worked. So it's it's finally nice to see a a team like the Raptors and a team like the Blue Jackets not just push all in, but get rewarded for it. Like, yes, the Blue Jackets – it, they won, like, a $20 hand as opposed to the Raptors taking home the $9.6 million dollar World Series of Poker Grand Prize. But they still it, – it mattered something. So, it's, yeah. it's nice to hear Blue Jacket fans, even with all the, the shit that you guys have been eating. And you have been eating shit. Duchene <laughs> left. Panera left. Bobrovsky left. Oh my God. It sounds like I'm Zingle isn't coming I'm sorry. back. i uh, sorry. But, hey, if you guys want Adam McQuaid back, you can get him. It's just <laughs> – yeah. it's – it's great to hear that you're you're not just cool with it, you're beyond cool with it. You're, like, at peace with everything, and you do it all over again.
2: Yeah, and, and I saw, you know, reactions from around the league, like, at the deadline and in the playoffs, uh, people sort of admired what Yarmo did and were hopeful that it sets a precedent in the future of other GMs might be similarly aggressive at the deadline. Now, the Jackets kind of went on a skid after the deadline, and it looks like they made They were close to missing the playoffs, which would have been disastrous and also would have then, I think spooked other GMs for making those same kind of moves. But maybe next year we'll see more teams be aggressive. and, And I'd like to see maybe we have more teams hold on to their pending free agents, take a shot. I don't like this idea of, oh, well, you know, they've got a year left on their contract. You better get something for them. Like, no, what you can get for them is another year of a good player playing on your team and making your team better. You know, that's, that's not nothing. I understand the logic on trading them, but if you're a team that's good enough to compete, then keep a guy that helps you compete.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so when it comes down to, like, Bobrovsky, were you also, like, he was? seemed like a deal, like, he had a weird season, right? Like, it was kind of up and down. Yeah. Um, were you also convinced he was going?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, then, you know, with Panarin, you know, first came out last summer around the draft that... Uh, you know, he and his agent were not interested in talking to the Jackets yet. Now, as an optimist, I wasn't—you know—I wasn't as panicking as much as other people were. I thought, like, oh, okay, he just—you know—he wants to take his time. He maybe wants to experience free agency, but but he's not closing the door on Cleveland. You yeah. know,
1: I'm, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just to cut you off. I'll yeah. apologize for that one because we had Portsline on the podcast around <laughs> uh, the first week of June, and Portsline was the first. That's the first time I ever heard someone say that Panarin openly wanted to play in New York as soon as he hit free agency. And I think Ryan and I both had a stroke. Yeah,
0: it was unbelievable. It It was the best moment of our podcast history. (laughs) We broke legit news.
2: Right. Yeah, so, uh, but I still thought there was a chance. Like, keep him on the team. Let's go on a run. If the team is successful, then, you know, he'll want to stay here. But Bobrovsky kind of surprised everyone, and he showed up at the start of camp, and he just, he looked pissed off. And he gave this, this press conference that looked like his grandmother had died. Like, and it was like, whoa, how did, how did things get so bad here? But that looked like a guy like, oh, he's, he is checked out. He is done here. Um, but unfortunately, he had a no-trade clause, so it's not like they could just dump him. Um, and then at the start of the season, he was not playing well at all. Jonas Corpusalo was getting just as many starts as he was and was playing better. The team was playing better in front of Corpy. Then there was the moment in January in Tampa where Bob got lit up and he got pulled. And then he, he didn't just stay on the bench. He just, he went back to the locker room. He showered. It was, he just left the game altogether. And uh, that was not a bad thing, but I guess after that, the team had to kind of come to Jesus talk. And I think everyone agreed to just, all right, let's set this aside. Let's get through the season and then, and then move on. So um It sounds like he was mad that the organization had put some blame on him for his playoff failures, which I understand his dissatisfaction, but I also feel like he deserved a lot of criticism because he was not good enough in a lot of those playoff runs. He was finally at peak Bob form this postseason, which was great to see, but also kind of sad, like, oh, that's that's all we get. Um, So that's too bad. But that's, yeah, we had a feeling that he was the free agent that was most likely to leave. There was no chance of keeping him. Panarin, we thought, okay, he seems to like it here. He seems to like the team. You know, maybe he'll stick around. Um, and then Duchesne, we also thought, seemed to really, really like his time here. Um, so we thought, well, even if the Russians are gone, maybe, you know, Duchesne gives us a better chance of at least keeping someone. But alas. <laughs>
1: uh, my last. can well, look, we, we could all, all take solace in the fact that the Montreal Canadiens thought they were going to get both. Ajo <laughs> and Duchesne and got neither. So life, life, life is still good. Right. Um, I guess, unless Ryan's got a another question, I was going to go big picture, Ryan, if was, you want me to ask. That's you. where
0: I was going. So you go.
1: I was just, where do we go from here, Pale Dragon? What's next for the Columbus Blue Jackets?
2: Yeah. Well, it's, I'm not feeling all doom and gloom about it. Um, now I'm always sort of a more optimistic fan anyway, but, um, the cupboard isn't bare in Columbus. This is still a very strong core of a roster. It's still a very young roster. Um, so I, they're not going to be pushovers next year. Now, are they a playoff team? That's maybe pushing it. It certainly doesn't help that so many teams in the division had gotten better. Um, certainly, uh, you guys <laughs> have gotten much, much better. I, From an objective standpoint, I love what the Rangers have done this offseason as a division rival, I hate what the Rangers have done this off season. Uh, You've just gotten stronger everywhere. Um, So I think certainly you're one of the teams to beat. I think Washington's probably still good enough. Um, I think Carolina and the Islanders are going to regress a little bit. Pittsburgh is showing some age and I don't think that Kessel move is going to help them. Uh, I don't really get what Philly's doing. Um, uh
1: philly's philly's doing great sweetie we don't we don't need to <laughs> criticize anything philly's doing fuck philly i love everything they've done so far i hope they continue <laughs> to do it
2: well sure but I just, yeah i just don't don't entirely get it but i think it could be very much a uh and in new jersey that has definitely gotten better um well, first, so I think first they, overall they,
0: picks will do that you know
2: yeah and getting stupid i think was a, was a good pick there is is it enough to make them really a threat I still don't love their defense or, or goaltending, but um, they certainly should be better than, than they were last year. So I think it could be maybe like a five-way battle for third place in one of the wild-card spots maybe. I, it seems like a pretty wide-open division, which is yeah, I d- it, I just, which is I exciting. It, it should, should be a lot of fun hockey. Yeah. It's also going to be incredibly stressful as a fan.
1: <laughs> I, I think the thing everyone forgets about with the Blue Jackets is all of a sudden, you know, Panarin and Bob are gone, but it's like Cam Atkinson. Seth Jones, Pierre Luc Dubois, like there's still a lot of fucking talent on that team.
2: Yeah, it's the not a, bad
1: by any stretch of the imagination. Oh no, no
2: and, and um, Dimitri Filipovich at ESPN uh, had an article breaking down the Metro Division and what they'd done, and he had a stat there that I loved, which was that um, it's something I even I didn't expect as a guy who watched the team that uh, five players that are coming back were in the top eighty in the league in five on five goal scoring. So it was uh, Atkinson, Dubois, Josh Anderson, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and Nick Foligno. All those guys were in the top eighty in the league in goals scored at five on five. So it's like there are still guys in the team that can score. Uh, we added Gustav Nyquist, uh, and that was definitely my top free agent target uh, if we had to go outside to get someone. And so I think he doesn't replace Panarin. He doesn't. You know, he's not as good as Panarin, but he he makes it hurt a little bit less. He's a good player. He's a legitimate top-line left-wing for us. And then uh, they're betting on youth. Um, there are some really intriguing prospects that we've got coming up, um, guys that Jarmo Kekalainen actually admitted by name at the deadline. Teams asked about these three players, and we said no. So it was Liam Foody, Alexander Texier, and Emil Bemstrom. Uh, Texier actually came over to North America late in the season and got to play – the last two games of the regular season, and then in the playoffs with the Jackets, and actually contributed. He scored a couple goals in Game Four against Tampa. Um, so he's a really exciting prospect. He needs to strengthen up a bit. He got pushed over by by Boston, but he's intriguing. Uh, Emil Bemstrom uh, led the Swedish league in goals scored as a 19-year-old. And if you look at the list of uh, guys who who accomplished that, it uh, includes like. Uh, Peter Forsberg is one of them. Uh, Elias Pedersen was one of them. Like, there are some guys that went on to NHL success. So, uh, if you look at the videos of him, he has an Ovechkin-like shot. I'm not saying he's as good as Ovechkin, but I'm saying... Ovechkin-like. He, set, he sets up in the left circle on the power play and just has a lethal one-timer. So, if nothing else, I want to put him on the roster and just, like, just play him in the power play alone <laughs> and just see what happens. So... There are some, I think, internal sources of improvement. Um, the defense is still a strength. I, I mean, I would put our our starting six defenseman against any other team's starting six. Um, the first pair is fantastic, obviously. Uh, Marcus Nudivara, David Savard, a really solid second pair. Ryan Murray had a career season until he got hurt, which is unfortunately the story of Ryan Murray's career. He's always hurt. I don't know if he'll stay healthy, but if he does, he's great. Um Goalie is obviously a question mark because you're replacing a two-time Vezina winner. Uh, but the team seems pretty high on uh, Elvis Lickens, who's a Latvian goaltender who's been playing in Switzerland. What a name. Um, yeah, it's a great name. Uh, and he seems like uh, from the interviews I've seen, he's a little bit of a character. He's maybe a little bit like uh, Ilya Brizgalov. So uh, that could be entertaining at least. So it, it's a big question mark there in goalie. Obviously, if you have shaky goaltending it can really torpedo a season but if either he or Jonas Carposalo is um at least average I I think this can be a, a team that does make the playoffs still
0: so things aren't all that bad despite all the horrible things that happen is what you're saying too t- too long didn't listen to this at all that's what you said
2: <laughs> yeah no it- it's I mean it- it's I'm not gonna I don't want to sugarcoat it entirely that and say that things were good like right no, they're not it, it clearly really, it, it really sucks to lose some elite players and there's going to take a little bit of a step back but long term i think the team's still fine still has a lot of good young talent to build around and you know and it and they're not done yet you know people were upset about like oh look at these guys they've lost and you know what is what is yarmo doing but you know he's not done painting this picture like there's still off season left there's time to make trades um they're in contention at the deadline he can make another move then like this is not necessarily what the team is going to look like at the end of next season you know we just we don't know yet um but i wrote an article about this last week where i don't think that it's not like he's putting right. you know all of the hopes on any single player he has options at every position so we don't need every prospect to pan out we just need a few of this group to pan out so only one of Elvis or Corpia at goalie or just one of Bemstrom or Texier to be our like second line left wing. Like that's all we're, we're looking for.
0: All right. Well, it sounds like things are okay in Columbus, despite all the, the travesty. Um, and maybe if some <laughs> things happen later in the season, we have some games we'll have you back on. How's that sound? Sounds great. Why don't you plug what you're doing these days for the cannon?
2: Yeah. So uh, the cannon, you can check us out at jacketscanon.com You can follow us on Twitter at, at cbj cannon uh we also have launched a podcast of our own this year it's called the cannon cast so you can find that wherever you find podcasts uh the episode that they did last week i was not on it last week so it was better for it Uh, but the episode they did last week about free agency was fantastic so yep they they they
0: invited both of us on but we said no politely so
2: (laughs) so yeah if you if you like hockey podcasts check out the cannon cast
0: all right man thanks so much for coming on we'll talk to you soon pd
2: all right talk to you later bye
0: Hey, we're back. A little bit of nonsense at the end with Greg and I. Um, as you guys know, there's been a, it's been a pretty big month for Bullshit's Breakaway. That's fair to say, Greg, right? We've had our biggest episodes ever. Um, we hit top 100 on the iTunes chart multiple times. Capo Caco came. Artemi Pernarin came. Church of Caco became a thing. Praise be our Lord and Savior. We did sermons on the podcast. And now we're making one more announcement. We kind of talked about this in the opening of the show um, but, well, not the, uh, the actual opening, sort of the ad section and then not the actual other, other opening, but we've redone our Patreon subscription. If you don't know, know what Patreon is, I'm going to take about two seconds. Ah, that's a lie. A little bit more than two seconds to talk about it with you. Uh, it's a way you could support us and the podcast itself. We have a way you, you get like some sort of perks and rewards for supporting us. Uh, so for example, for one of our higher level tiers, $25 a month tier, you become a backbone supporter of our podcast. We you mention your name like this, Gregory, every single week? You know who we're going to thank on this podcast? Uh, I do. We're going to thank Tori from Manhattan. Seriously, though, I want to give a shout-out if Tori's listening. Tori is the most OG supporter, or one of the most OG supporters of Blue Shirts Breakaway. She has been around since the start. We started Patreon, and she is killing it from day one. We also are going to give a shout-out to Mike Smith and Sean Taggart, because they are a seriously, and Sean Taggart writes for us, a backbone a bullshit's Breakaway. But I want to talk to you about all the things we're going to be doing for Bullshit's Breakaway. And if you're interested in any of it and helping us out, this is a seriously no-pressure situation. It just helps Greg and I run the podcast and get to do all these weird projects we do, like Church of Caco and trains and all these other live shows and events we're going to be doing throughout the years. As you know we kind of stick to our word and try and do really cool and fun stuff. Like, for right now, let's go through the tiers real quick. We have the Deluxe Discord Power Play Club. You get For a dollar a month, you get access to our Discord and we get our love and affection. Seriously. You can tag us. You can add us. Greg and I will respond to you. You have the leech flex item tier. Instead of the $1 tier, we have the $2 tier. Did you think you were too good to be part of the $1 tier? Good news. We got the $2 tier. Um, we have the Tanner glass heart and grit club for $5 a mord We're going to start doing this. I believe this month, um, by the end of July, if not, we're going to start in August where we're going to have a special extra bonus nonsense episode. People are setting up fireworks, by the way, it's July 4th is over. Um, we're gonna have an extra bonus, bonus podcast every single month. Strictly nonsense, no real ranger talk. We might have guests on. We might do fun interviews. But it's gonna be a, if you guys like the podcast, you like being Greg, the five dollar a month club, the Tanner Gliss, Tanner Glass, Heart and Grit club. We're gonna give you, we're gonna send stickers to your door every couple months, and we're gonna give you access to bonus episodes every month. And we're also gonna do a, we've done this before, but we're gonna start redoing it. And we're gonna do a quarterly board meeting via our Discord. So we're gonna have, uh, if you're part of the five dollar club or more. You're gonna be able to join our board meetings where you can tell us ideas or sell things we could be do we should be doing. You guys are investing in us, and we want you to be part of it. Um, just to keep this going, we have the Ultimate Nonsense Club where we send you a t-shirt. Last year we actually sent out the Christmas sweaters, which cost us a pretty penny, but it was so worth it. They were awesome. We're sending out this year the Couple Caco t-shirt. So if you're interested, sign up for that. Um and you get every other perk also. We get the Church of Kaco Video membership, where the people we just talked about uh, get an official Church of Caco video. Made by me. they get their, You get thanked every episode. And we're going to actually add another bonus to that tier. We haven't figured out what it is yet. Then these last two tiers are insanity. Greg, right? Stick with me. They're total craziness. Um, If you want to become a Church of Caco leadership, there's a $100 a month role there where you could get your picture on churchofcaco.com. I'll give you my phone number, and you can text and yell at me whenever you want. And then there's the, you're crazy, and let's go to a game tier where we have the $300 a month tier. It requires two months, and... Greg and I will literally go to a game with you. We will get a live podcast next to you at at that time. I will wear an attire for Chicago. It'll be absolutely insane. I expect zero people to do this, but we wanted to offer the option because, well, hell, why not? I believe
1: uh, it was talked about on the Discord today, the new stuff. And I said, if anyone, like, I not only don't expect anyone to do the 300 tier, uh, I'd be terrified to meet you. If you did the 300 tier, I'm, ex- that, I'm excited. I, I, might be, I might legit be uncomfortable. I'm
0: thrilled. So, um, that's, that's my wheelhouse, but, and then we're also, if we get to a thousand dollars a month on our goal, we're going to be doing a sermon outside of MSU on October 3rd. We're pretty close. Actually. We're shockingly close. Um,
1: yeah, you're getting arrested, bro.
0: Yeah. It's going to be tough. So I wanted to talk to you guys about the Patreon thing. Seriously. A lot of you turned off the podcast already, and I totally understand that. But if you uh, if you want to support us, it's the best way to support us and some of our crazy endeavors for doing this podcast every single Tuesday for four years. Uh, any other nonsense we want to talk to talk to before we get out of here? I know you got the home run derby coming up, and you have maybe some cash mula on Pete Alonso.
1: Uh, I also have cash mula on King Jew Alex Bregman. Just uh, as as we say, he Jew. was going at plus one thousand. So that's. Uh,
0: Plus 1,000? That's good, no. value. good value.
1: All right. Um, it is good value. That's, that's why the I bet sh- on him.
0: That's the show for the week. I hope you guys enjoyed Vince. He was fucking awesome. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Orion Mead. I'm sorry I didn't do a sermon this week. I'm going to save him for special occasions. You can follow Greg at Blue Shorts Break. He's awesome there also. And if you're new to the podcast, seriously, thanks for sticking around. We appreciate you guys so much. We cannot believe we've come to where we are now. And uh, summer nonsense is upon us. And we'll hopefully have some fun stuff in store for you guys. Love you, and we'll see you next week.